Hi everybody, welcome to a new episode of the Womenhood and International Relations Podcast. I'm your host, Natalia Bonilla, currently based in Mexico City, and as many of you, I'm still in quarantine. Um, it's been very crazy days lately, and lots and lots to learn um, with everything that we have been um experiencing um, in terms of Black Lives Matter movement and also racial and social injustices, not only in the United States, but around the world. And how this pandemic has kind of lifted the lid up on a lot of dormant issues that need to be addressed and seeing several states, you know, battling to keep the status quo. So today I want to record an episode uh, to talk about how diversity is not enough and why we also need to look at intersectionality. Um, currently, right now, we are experiencing a whole conversation on diversity, on how many of the staff members of several companies and enterprises and startups are diverse, racially diverse. Um, also, what's the type of um, positions, job positions, job postings are being given to people of color. And um, also there's this kind of reckoning in social media to whoever does not comply with several hashtags. And we are seeing the good, the bad, and the ugly of this whole situation. Uh, if you're still in quarantine, probably you're seeing it on social media and finding it very exhausting to keep track because there's a lot, a lot of conversations going on at the same time. And all of them are important, but you know, our attention span and also our own dealings with you know, mental health and quarantine and the uncertainty of what's going to happen in our country and our world is not helping us to focus on action and on keep up the momentum. Um, I'm speaking for myself. I know several friends and colleagues that are also in international relations, that are also studying racial injustices and that are focusing on journalism, uh, reporting what's happening on the streets and also on, on online, <laughs> and um, it's 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 not been easy to keep track of everything. So today I want to share with you some thoughts on diversity and intersectionality. But before that happens, I want to share with you. Um, three events are upcoming. Um, the first one is that this Thursday, June 18th, tomorrow, <laughs> we will have our last um, talk with uh, Women Being in partnership with Women Being Magazine based in Scotland. We have, since late April, began a storytelling initiative. Monica Martins, the founder of Women Being, and I have been organizing a, organizing a series of free talks to connect women worldwide in peer-to-peer -peer conversations on different topics regarding you know, the COVID-19 experience. They're all online, they're all free, and you can watch them on YouTube channel of Women Being. But tomorrow, 
Thursday, June 18th at 11 a.m. Mexico City Central Time, 12 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. London Time, we will have our last talk of this storytelling initiative called African Perspectives with six women from Nigeria, Uganda, uh, Rwanda and Kenya, uh, ex experts on gender-based violence, on feminism, activism and womenhood issues in these countries to talk about how the COVID-19 is impacting women in their respective nations. So that last conversation is going to be a panel discussion, a two-hour uh, panel discussion and it will be totally free. I invite you to go to my link in bio on my Instagram or, or also check my Facebook page and Twitter page to find the RSVP link and you can join us tomorrow. Also this Saturday, we will have a summer concert benefit, a fundraising effort between Women Being I and Speed Out, which is also our partner on this uh, first venture. This is the first time that at least for myself, like this is the first time that I'm organizing a virtual concert where all fundraising um, efforts, all funds of the tickets are going to uh, support Edinburgh Women's Aid, which is, which is a nonprofit organization um, that provides kids counseling and accommodation services to women that have been victims of domestic violence, as you know. Um, currently, due to the COVID-19, um, the pandemic, domestic violence uh, rates have increased. And since Women Being is a Scotland-based, a Scottish-based magazine, Monica uh, wanted to do this uh, fundraising effort to support, to fully support every fund that we collect from the ticket sale is going to Edinburgh Women's Aid. And um, if you ha don't have any plans for this Saturday night, um, it's 9 p.m. Um, Edinburgh time, 2 or 3 p.m. Um, Eastern uh, Central Time, I invite you to check your local listing, but it's going to be good. Um, that's going to be a very uh, incredible experience. It's called An Evening of Hope. We will have four amazing female artists, original work, performance, poetry, music, um, on transgender, on women's rights, on body positivity, and, you know, overcoming sexual violence. So, I invite you to get your tickets. It's only five pounds or ten pounds sterling um, pounds, which is the currency in the UK. Um, that's around eight, seven to eight dollars, or like twelve, fourteen dollars. Um, the ticket and all funds are going to Edinburgh Women's Aid. We have a goal to reach around a thousand um, pounds to help provide. Um, counseling and accommodation services to at least 50 women um, that are needing support right now so I invite you to join and lastly on June 30th we're gonna have a class a virtual class on uh, feminist uh, feminism recovery economic recovery how can we uh, find answers in feminism um, theory apply to economics in the new um, great reset as the World Economic Forum and the IMF has have uh, told us that that's what is going to happen now. So 
that is going to happen on June 30th. It's going to be Tuesday. It's going to be a Spanish class. A Spanish class. So I invite you to get your tickets. Um, we are going to have two-hour uh, class and also includes an ebook on feminist economic recovery. One of the case studies that we will talk about is the Hawaii's um, plan for economic for feminist economic recovery. So if you have any questions or would like to RSVP, I invite you to check out my webpage, nataliabonilla.org. Okay, finishing with the announcements. It's just very important dates since we are coming to an end of this great, great partnership with Women Be Magazine. I didn't want you to miss out on those two important events this week, um, if you hear it this week. <laughs> If not, thank you so much still for tuning into the podcast and I invite you to check out all the videos of previous talks for the Women Being Partnership on Women Being's channel. Okay, so today we're going to be talking about diversity is not enough, why we need to have a conversation on intersectionality. I guess we often confuse the diversity with intersectionality. Diversity is seen as having a variety of people, in this case, due to the circumstances uh, currently, is people of color, you know, some people claim that word, others do not like it. Uh, people of color from different ethnicities or different um, skin color uh, or, you know, origins, countries of origin and backgrounds to have a seat on a table, be it on an enterprise, be it on the private sector, the public sector, or at community or community level or institutional levels. The system of quotas have been implemented recently to ensure that at least a percentage, be it 20%, 30%, or 50% or more, um, of the overall staff or, or, or the overall team members or workers comply with those, with those representative or representation models. The thing is that diversity does not include an absence of discrimination. Having a diverse staff or a diverse or you know racially inclusive kind of work setting does not necessarily mean that there's gonna be respect or that there's gonna be an absence of discrimination. And that's where in an intersectional approach is needed. Intersectionality is understanding the different variables or different factors that can chime in in someone's being discriminated against, regardless of their race or ethnicity or skin color. Even among specific groups of people of color, you know, be it African American, be it Latin American, being Puerto Ricans, being, you know, Mexicans, or, you know, a diverse group, regardless of where you are, discrimination is going to be there because the root cause of the exclusion goes beyond 
someone's skin color. You can be discriminated because of your accent. You can be discriminated because of your, you know, place of birth, your um, way of thinking, your lifestyle, your uh, sexual orientation, your gender identity, your way of behaving, your stand on a political issue. You can also be discriminated because of your class or your education or your formation. Like there are several factors that can chime in in the discrimination, regardless of whether or not you are, you know, being accepted in a place just to fill, you know, a quota on the quota system. And these are sometimes silent. <laughs> and some of you may understand this because sometimes these are very silent factors that chime in in the way that we respond to others. And that's the kind of conversation that I don't want to... Um, forget in this uh, specific time because as we are you know looking for racial justice as we are trying to you know get seen and heard and start you know changing the way things are we're often forgetting that violence as a tactic of oppression is very ingrained in the system of discrimination Discrimination due to prejudices and stereotypes, but also discrimination is a tool of the patriarchic system. And you may tell me, Natalia, again with the patriarchy, what's wrong with you? That's the only thing that you talk about. Well, in a sense, right now it applies. So I'm going to bring it over. Um, lately with our international analysis sessions that we have been engaging in last May, um, that are completely available on my YouTube channel. It's like nine hours of collaborative content um, between, you know, masters and um, MA students and BA students and also social entrepreneurs that are interested in, you know, changing the way patriarchal system works. We have engaged in a series of talks to understand how deeply ingrained is patriarchy, not only in our institutions, you know, seeing it, you know, the state as, you know, this keeper, keeper of the patriarchal system going, but also in our fields of study, also in our, you know, social relations, and also, and sorry to break it to you, but if you didn't know, in our language. Patriarchy is part of our language. And you're going to be like, Natalia, what are you talking about? There are two key elements of the patriarchy system. I mean, it's based on division, as you know, but in terms of language, it is connected into the division between hierarchy, something is better than the other, and categorization, good versus bad, white versus black, uh, green versus blue, like the way that we categorize things oh, I'm a lawyer and you are a journalist or I am an indigenous person and you are a white savior person, etc. Like all those, you know, examples chiming into the patriarchic way of thinking, behaving and 
connecting to one another? And this is a very tricky question to explore because during this time that we have been engaging in partnership with Women Being on the Storytelling Initiative, one of the things that we have found, for example, when we launched the Differently Abled um, Conference, there were a lot of people that were uncomfortable with the world differently abled and a whole debate was open on the chat on whether or not differently able was a condescending word and that they preferred to be seen as disabled while others decided that it was better to call themselves creeps and we were you know we didn't know Monica and I that we were organizing we didn't know how to respond to that those conversations because you know this is very new to us but something that really struck me is that we asked the question like what would you prefer and the whole conversation was so so enriching into a sense of oh we like to be called disabled because that way I'm reclaiming the word that society you know, places on us and instead of, you know, you bullying me behind my back or making me feel bad, I use it as part of my identity. The same with other words, you know, differently able or creep or whatever, you know, the term regard, you know, regarding your current country of origin, it may vary. But I started feeling like that it's a, a whole behavior that can that is not limited to differently abled conversation, but also that can be, you know, um, um, externalized <laughs> to, you know, um, Latin community or Latin X community or the transgender community or the LGBTQ community or the African American community, etc. Like there is. I guess a sense of power in reclaiming the division or the categorization over your certain features, you know, your skin color, your country of origin, or the way that, you know, your face is shaped or your accent, etc. So that way we find pride, we, we find power, and we find identity. I bring this example or, or this web <laughs> of conversation um, to explain that in a sense, in a sense, I'm not claiming that this is the whole truth because of course I don't hold the truth of anything. I'm just asking the question of whether or not we are still falling trap in the trap of patriarchy. And as you know, patriarchic system is a system of domination. It is not a system of, oh yeah, like let's all come together for the best of humankind. It is not. <laughs> and it seeks ways to, you know, um, divide and conquer. Politics one-on-one. <laughs> and if you add another layer, which is, you know, capitalism, capitalist system, then it gets more more complex because now we are seeing, you know, for quite some time, this is not lately, but we're seeing for quite some time how there are 
economies that are built on those divisions. It's like the Latin community is helping the Latin community. So we make music, we make food, we make um, uh, events, we make any kind of um, product or service to the Latin community and the same with the Asian community, etc. You could say, Natalia, that's okay. Like, it's human nature to have community. <laughs> yes, it is part of human nature. When we are born, um, we... Well, there are two, two ways of seeing this. When we are born, the human nature of the baby is to become selfish. And this is, you know very proven by psychology psychology 101 is that when the baby is born it doesn't matter if he he or her has a brother it really just sticks the tit it needs to it needs milk <laughs> and wants milk and will try to find the breast to get his or her milk and he's not wondering whether or not the other person or the other baby is thirsty or not he's just looking for his or her survival and this is not something to judge it's just you know is is coming to a very primal level the way that we teach our kids to you know when they start to grow is to start sharing and it is that way that family becomes so important you know as the first nuclear um, connection of the, the baby or, or the, the little person to start developing and start finding community aligned to its values. Both those values can be taught as well. So if a baby was taught with love, with you know a certain appreciation with nature, a certain appreciation for his or her body, um, when that person grows up, is gonna seek those kind of experiences and those kind of tribes that validate that identity. And the problem here is when we come in dysfunctional families because, you know, not, nobody's perfect and we all have different stories. Um, and lucky you if you didn't have any dysfunctional families, like seriously. Um, but we all come from different families, different backgrounds. And when we come together, even if it's a tribe that has the same values, we don't come with the same experiences and we don't come with the same background. And that leads to some sort of micro tensions because we don't feel like we are together on the same leveling field, even though we are part of the same community. And that's why diversity should be cherished, yes, but intersectionality should take place. Because it is by understanding that other people have different backgrounds than us that we can start building toward something more peaceful and less violent. Or you can say peaceful if you don't like the word, you can use non-violence. <laughs> but the thing is, I don't know if we are prepared to do that because that implies that we sat with each other and we look beyond the whole ideal or the whole utopia of equality or equity.
which is what we are asking, you know? And I mean, I don't know most of us, but I know that international organizations like the United Nations and UN Women and all these top human rights, you know, uh, defenders are looking for gender equality and gender equity. But how can we engage in gender equality or gender equity and say that every human has the same rights when we are part of systems where we don't see those rights being universal for all. And we don't see it universal for all because even if we have a black president, even if we have a female president on place or any other gender identity um, and, you know, being represented at any top position, we are still living in societies that are very much hierarchical, not horizontally, but vertically. And that in itself is another trap of the patriarchy system. How can we see each other as equal, equals through an intersectional lens? I don't... Right now, that's a question. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the whole answer. That's something that I went, you know, like thinking about lately. Um, but but how can we engage in that conversation? Because, you know, we, we can have diversity, we can have an intersectional approach. And the more that we start, you know, finding identity and finding power in the different layers and categories of who we are, the more that we will start disconnecting from other people that are not similar to ours. And we are not probably due to, you know, the Western education, I'm not saying, you know, every country, but most Western societies base, you know, this division on the other is different. It's not the same as me. And therefore, I'm not sure that, that the other person that's different should have the same rights as me. And we don't need to go that far. Even in the United States, even in Mexico, you know, the whole difference in class, in education, in accent, in indigenous, you know, fissures and more are in itself divisionary uh, or, or prone to division at work levels, community levels, and even, you know, opportunities for growth. I don't know uh, whether if we use an intersectional approach, we will reach equality or equity, which brings me to the next uh, question and the final conversation that I want to have with you of whether or not gender equality or equity or social equity or racial justice or social justice, etc., is something that we want or something that has been imposed for the benefit of all. And I'm saying it, you know, on quotes. <laughs> um, which brings me to talk about, you know, the nature of relationships. I think we need to, to address that question, to go to the root causes of, you know, injustices and the root causes of violence and, and violent behaviors. Lately, I've been learning more about like 
the dependence the, the dependency theory uh, between the global north and global south and something very interesting on development economics is that you know there's this loop where uh, western societies or developed countries you know give money give aid give um, you know manufacturing goods and other things to the south oh also ideas you know because we need to colonize the mindset as well <laughs> we give ideas to the global south developing countries and the developing countries not only give us ac give them access to resources natural resources you know mining copper oil gas um, trees you name it water etc you know like natural resources supply but also you have cheap labor for your developed countries um, um, enterprises and then you also have a brain drain you create a brain drain is that because I've been instilling to the global south all this information and all these progressive ideas on how the world should be suddenly you know someone wants to study at someone from Mexico or from Puerto Rico or from Colombia wants to study at Oxford or wants to study at you know New York wants to study to in Switzerland or Sweden and then the best talent gets to stay in those countries to provide to the human capital growth of those developed nations so the loop in itself is very <laughs> very f up <laughs> to not say it. I'm not having here um, recorded the word but you can understand how that's very messed up that's the better word <laughs> It's very messed up and if we have that you know dependency model or, or developing theory going on of course there are other development theories so I'm not claiming that this is the only one um, but this one specifically really caught my attention because you know I've been part of that loop being myself I've been part of that loop and I know other people as well that have been part of that loop and just recently I've caught myself you know, wondering why <laughs> and wondering also what's the whole, you know, benefit for me. And then that's where the patriarchic language starts to hit in. It's like, you know, winning or losers because that's the way that, you know, we are seeing the world in a very binary kind of way. You either win or you either lose or you're either good or you're either bad. And we always prefer good, right? Whatever that suits the word good, but we often prefer it to the bad. And I'm, I, I just wanted to tie this in with this whole conversation on diversity and intersectionality to close this episode because we have been commemorating year after year, you know, like this utopia of the Beijing 25, the Beijing platform. This year we are going to have its 25th anniversary if the pandemic allows that for to happen. Um, but we are expecting it to be celebrated on September by the next UN uh, General Assembly in New York um, if 
that is held, you know, in presence, I don't know. Um, but also, we are going to commemorate 10 years of UN Women as an institution being uh, formed by the UN Security Council, which is in itself the example of hegemonic masculinity. And the Beijing platform, which has been hailed for, you know, many feminist movements and many women's rights organizations have implicitly talked about, you know, achieving gender equality for all. Implicitly, that includes people from gender, from different gender identities. However, it doesn't say so explicitly. And that is something that with the latest developments on LGBT, LGBTQ theories and LGBTQ movements and trans movements and more, um, we are beginning to see that the way that gender equality is being projected by, you know, these top organizations, as I've said before, is very binary and it's not really inclusive. And to tie it into diversity, diversity in, may imply implicitly intersectionality, but it doesn't necessarily recognize it. And I think that it could be dangerous moving forward because you don't understand or you don't engage in an intersectional approach, which other people, you know, may include, may include an intergenerational approach. <laughs> you know, the difference between generations um, that in itself could create more of the of the of the illness or or the thing that we want to you know solve, and that's not gonna happen tomorrow. It's gonna take time. You know, peace processes take long, long time, and whichever is successful, and we have been seeing it with Sierra Leone, we have been seeing it with Rwanda. We have been seeing it also with East Timor, with the peace processes, like, peace processes are not easy, but it takes commitment, and it needs a commitment of individuals and collectively for the peace accord to be successful. I'm not saying that, you know, the the current protests we need right now, <laughs> you know, a peace accord between all races. I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to go that route because I, I don't know. Um, but whatever it is that we are seeking to solve needs to be more than just following a trend and needs to be more than simply just following the crowd because if not, we are going to be bullied and pressured for not standing up in this time. I find it very dangerous, as I said before, because standing up now is not that you're, you have been silent forever, is that if the person decides to stand up, what's going to happen the day after tomorrow when another urgent issue comes by and this whole trend, you know, changes or shifts or transforms to something else. 
we have been seeing it with interviews by Colonel West, also by Angela Davis, talking about like it's not enough to talk about racism. We need to talk about the capitalist system because racism is so deeply ingrained in capitalist system. And capitalism in itself is also like, you know, a brother or a sister or whatever you want to name it. It's very much tied to the patriarchal system. Patriarchal system is based on oppression. Period. It uses violence as a tactic to continue that way, and to continue prevailing. And the more that people divide instead of unite, the more that people seek differences and find power in the differences and start to build economies based on differences and start to try to go out of, you know, the mainstream and out of the collective of the nation or, you know, humankind the more prone it is, or, you know, um, not prone, but like, the more open it could be to continue discriminatory practices towards an other that doesn't, you know, follow suit. Yeah, so I would like to know your thoughts about this whole conversation. I feel that diversity is important once again. It's just I think it's also time to start approaching diversity with an intersectional approach. But because even in the communities that we feel are fulfilling XY's quota of XY community, within that community, there's stereotypes, there's prejudices against each other. And that is a conversation that goes beyond the skin color and that goes beyond a place on the current economy or the current system. It goes to a conversation of how are we relating as humans and what is preventing us to see each other as equals. And whether or not to see each other as equals is a law needed for that. Maybe that's the purpose to having laws. <laughs> Maybe that's the purpose of having a state that tells us, yes, equality, you deserve to be treated equally. Are we able to see each other as equals regardless of, you know, our backgrounds or, you know, the different factors that make us different? I remember these um, stand-up comedy, stand-up comedy by... Uh, Wanda Sykes, I really love her. <laughs> She's amazing. And I've been like a fan since five, six years ago. And I, I was watching this stand-up comedy talking about we, we are not the same, but we are equals under the law. Being not the same is good. Now, we can be different. We can accept that we are different. That's what makes us good, is whether or not in accepting and acknowledging that other people are different than us, we can build together something for good, something, you know, moving forward, a good project or, you know, a good society, etc. See, again, using the category of good. We want good. We want better. Um, we can build something together 
with respect in the middle. I would love to know your thoughts and um, engage in a conversation with you. Please DM me on Instagram, Facebook, and let me know your thoughts. And once again, tomorrow we will have the Women Being um, African Perspectives panel. That's free RSVP. I invite you to go to the link in my bio. And this Saturday we have the Summer Solstice uh, concert. And if you want to learn more about feminist economic recovery, on June 30th we're going to have the um, virtual class, online class in Spanish. So wherever you are, you know Spanish, you will love that class. And if you're a social entrepreneur, we are preparing in partnership with Green Pretzel and some other allies that will help us with the promotion, including Ashoka. Um, we are going to be organizing a series of free labs um, to connect social entrepreneurs in this uh, specific time to talk about regenerative practices and how can we build a stronger ecosystem in spite of you know, the current changes on the economy and looking forward to engaging with you in any of these spaces and um, please keep safe wherever you are. Talk to you soon.